are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Peacock back again with you on this Friday episode, and I'm looking at it, the official injury report for Week 12 is out, and I think it looks about as good as you could have hoped for going into this Sunday night football game against the Green Bay Packers, the 9-1 49ers hosting the 8-2 Green Bay Packers. Such a huge contest flexed into primetime for a reason, probably the biggest game of the NFL season league-wide to date. So we will get into that, the five keys to victory for the 49ers Sunday We will look at the injury report here, and I've got some audio from George Kittle and defensive coordinator Robert Sala about how things look this weekend. You can find me on Twitter at BDPeacock. You can email the show LockedOn49ers at Gmail. Did I say 49ers? The 49ers. LockedOn49ers at Gmail. LockedOn49ers.com. Subscribe, rate, review. We're on all your podcast platforms. The big one, George Kittle has been practicing, although limited, with a blue non-contact jersey for two straight days, Thursday and Friday, and is officially listed as questionable, which is much better than being listed as doubtful, which essentially means you're out. And if you're questionable, that essentially means you're in with the way things go in today's NFL with those injury reports. George Kittle, well on his way from all reports, moving around well in practice, and will play for the 49ers Sunday, which is massive. And two other pass catchers, both also limited in Thursday and Friday practices, look like they're ready to go in rookie wide receiver Debo Samuel and veteran wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Sanders talking to reporters, and I don't have the audio there, but he basically was like, yeah, I can. I couldn't laugh, I couldn't sleep. I'm good now. I can get up to full speed. He was obviously laboring through it. Props to him for for playing through all that pain and gutting through it last week. Should be much better, it looks like, this week. And so a full complement of receivers for Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers offense, which is fantastic news. That should really open things up for the running game as well. One of the ways that you can beat this Green Bay Packers team is on the ground. So on the ground through the air, the 49ers should look much better this week. Other good news, guys like Aziz Alshair completely cleared and fully participating in practice after his concussion that kept him out last week. DJ Jones, the nose tackle, will be in there. He was dealing with a groin, in, groin injury. He's fully participating and cleared and good to go, as is running back Raheem Mostert. Had a little knee problem that uh, has cleared up for him, so he is officially in Sunday. The players who are out Sunday or Listed as doubtful, Joe Staley is the only guy listed is out. He's aiming for that game in Baltimore next week to come back from his finger surgery, and he should be just fully more healed throughout his whole body and his fibula injury from earlier in the season. So hopefully we see the old Joe Staley back next week. He will be out this week. Doubtful, likely out are also Matt Breida with an ankle, D Ford with a hamstring injury that could be a couple of weeks, and Robbie Gold. He was kicking today for the first time, but... He's still looking doubtful to go this weekend with his quad injury. So like I said, I think that is probably as good as you could have hoped for the 49ers as far as an injury report goes, how things started the week and how they are going to end for Sunday night football in a super important 
contest at Levi's Stadium. Let's hear from George Kittle. You could just tell midweek once he first got on the field for practice. Yeah, he was definitely going to play, and he's excited about it. It's awesome. You kidding me? Um, I mean, this is what you you, know, you, you practice for. This is what you put all the hard work in and OTAs all offseason, summer, uh, to be in big time games. And I mean, we're looking forward to it. You know, this is a team that you know. I think last well, last year we got big time games taken away from us in you know, the spot uh, the Sunday night football games. And just the fact that we get that opportunity again is really fun. Um, I think I have yet to play in a Sunday night game in my career, so I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, it's just going to be an absolute blast. Shout out to 49ers beat writer Cam Inman with the expert video from the locker room where that audio came from. And I don't know if anybody loves Ball more than George Kittle does. His excitement is palpable to take on the Packers Sunday. Well, I mean, every game's a big game, but, uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, 8-2 Packers team. Hi, Fred, how you doing? You look great. Um, but 8-2 Packers team coming in, you know, uh, definitely a battle for the NFC. It's definitely a massive game, and uh, it's one I don't want to miss. And uh, I think last year we let one get away with us. Um, but, um, you know, new opportunity to get them in our house, and I'm just really looking forward to that because, you know, they're a great team, and uh, I love watching Aaron Rodgers play. So getting to see that again firsthand will be fun. Kittle's still getting a lot of... TV time up in the suite with his energy level that you could still sense out there. He was asked what it was like to be stuck up in a box and not be able to be down on the field with his teammates. It's just absolutely brutal. Um, Yeah, no, it's absolutely awful. Um, I would love to be down there. Uh, They said I would hurt myself if I put myself down there. Um, I disagreed, but I understand. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I hate watching from up there. It's a great view, but I would do anything to be on the field. It was a lower body injury, so it doesn't really make a lot of sense to stand on it for three to four hours, um, you know, to fatigue it. So I agree with them, but I disagree with them. So. Well, barring a setback, it looks like George Kittle is well on his way to being back down on the field with his teammates and playing Sunday, which is a welcomed addition to the 49ers offense. I've talked about it all week and his impact As a blocker, his physicality is so needed for that run game. And then teams can't stack the box with eight guys if you have a threat like George Kittle in the middle of the field. And then having Emmanuel Sanders back out there closer to 100% and having Debo Samuel out there, a full complement of receivers. uh, It's going to really help this 49ers offense. Oh, and real quick, while we have some good vibes here with George Kittle coming back, an all-time 49ers legend Frank Gore still going For the Buffalo Bills, he is 46 yards shy of surpassing the great Barry Sanders to move into third place on the all-time NFL rushing list. I was reminded this by Gil Brandt on Twitter. Right now, Frank Gore with 15,224 rushing yards. Next up on the list is Barry Sanders at 15,269. Then Walter Payton's up there, another 15... 1,400 yards or so after Barry Sanders and then Emmett Smith at 18,000 rushing yards. I don't think Frank Gore is going to get to Walter or Emmett Smith, but Frank Gore very likely this week will become the number three all-time rusher in NFL history. And about five years after he retires, we'll be wearing a gold jacket, in my opinion, even though surprisingly some people don't agree with that, and that means they're probably like nine years old. One more note here before we get to the audio from Robert Sala. The most touchdowns nullified by penalty this season. The 49ers lead that category. They've had seven touchdowns nullified by penalty. So if it seems like penalties are killing the 49ers in the red zone and a whole bunch of touchdowns being called back, yeah, the worst in the league. Seven touchdowns nullified by penalty this season for the 49ers. The Saints are second with six. 
and the Cowboys are third with five. And the player with the most touchdowns nullified by penalty is none other than George Kittle. He has three. Raheem Mostert's tied for second with two, with a few other players, Cam Brait, uh, Justin Jackson, Latavius Murray, and Randall Cobb all have two touchdowns called back for penalties. So five combined just from George Kittle and Raheem Mostert. That's something the 49ers need to clean up and something that might uh, poke its head into the segment number three of this podcast and a key to victory for the 49ers. Next up, Robert Sala. How about that rushing defense? He had some interesting comments about that subject. This episode is brought to you in part by Greg's Tax Service. Honest and straightforward, Greg's Tax Service has been in the business for 25 years. They can help with any number of tax problems, including unfiled returns, back taxes, IRS collection, and audit representation. Find out more at gregstaxservice.com. Every weekend, our favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. If you like to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay, pick your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come out together on top, the rewards will be huge. The best part is, if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000 to bet at my bookie. That's double your initial deposit you can use on all your favorite picks. Use promo code locked on to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on to double your first deposit. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. One of the storylines this week is the connection with Packers head coach Matt LaFleur and a bunch of 49ers coaches and Robert Sala being one of them. Is it personal for Robert Sala this week playing against someone he knows so well? No, it really doesn't. Um, you know, we, there's an old saying, you know, you, you, you love your family, you love your friends, you love all that, but when it comes time to competition, you can throw it all away. And it's, uh, it's about doing everything you can to put yourself and your, your team and organization in the best possible uh, light so that we can go execute the best they can. Um, I always joke around, my, my mother, God bless her, doesn't know how to play chess at all, but if she was standing, sitting across from me, I'm going to try to get her in three moves. So it's, it's that mindset, it doesn't matter who you're going against, friend, non-friend, it really doesn't matter, you're always trying to do your absolute best. Jesus, Robert, calm down, man. Give mom a break, trying to crush her in playing a little game of chess, but uh, I get it. That's that's the vibe. That's the mentality in the NFL. You have to be ruthless. You have to be relentless. And even if it's your good buddy on the other sideline, you've got to crush them while on the field for those three hours. And you can go handshake and hug it out and go share a beer, or go have dinner afterward. What about Nick Bosa? Lack of sacks the last few weeks. Offenses are paying a whole bunch of attention to him. Double teams chipping him. How has the rookie been playing despite the lack of sacks? And might they be able to do something to free him up? So for, for Nick, I think Nick's doing a great job. You know, the you you can always, uh, sometimes stats won't show up for him, but you can tell that teams are going out of their way to make sure that his stats don't show up, which means he's affecting the game. 
even though statistically it may not be showing up. Uh, teams have deliberately gone out of their way to try to take him out of the game, and it's given opportunities for other, other guys, and that's where other people have to step up. So um, it's a credit to him and what he's been putting on tape, and now for him, he's got to figure out how to defeat that because the, the great ones, doesn't matter what teams do, the great ones will still show up time and time again, which he has. Uh, the sack numbers aside, not worried about that. Those, those are kind of out of your control with regards to quarterback getting rid of it, but He's doing a good job. His run game uh, stuff has been fantastic. Uh, he's still putting pressure on the quarterback at a very high rate, winning one-on-one. So uh, stay the course. He's about to hit the grind of the season. You know, rookies going into the second half of the season is always a grind, so he's got to trigger mentally and, and keep rolling. That's a good point. It looks like Debo Samuel's definitely not hitting a rookie wall. In fact, it looks like he's taking off and developing into the second half of his season. Nick Bosa, I don't think he's hitting a rookie wall either, even though statistically... Uh, he was jumping out to a great start there. PFF has him for eight sacks, and I really just think it's a, a lot of attention being paid to him. And one thing I would do if I'm the 49ers is, especially with D Ford out now, so you have the guy who's been rushing on the left most of the time out. Nick Bosa's been on the right a lot, and I'm sure they're planning for Nick Bosa to come from the right, and that makes it easy for them to double-team Nick Bosa when you don't have D Ford coming off the other side. So I think it's a great opportunity for the 49ers to really throw the Packers for a loop and move Nick Bosa around. He can rush from inside on some passing downs. You can move him around to the left side, to the right side. Just make it more difficult for the Packers to double team him. But the 49ers still have a ton of guys that can eat on that defensive line. Demontre Moore probably play a bigger role in this game. You don't have Ford. You don't have Ronald Blair either. So Solomon Thomas will be involved. And of course, Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner, who are playing fantastic football as well. And that depth really coming in handy on the defensive line because even though you're missing a couple of guys, they still have a ton of really good football players that should be able to harass Aaron Rodgers and get after the Packers' run game. And what about Akella Witherspoon? It's still not clear if he will actually start at right cornerback or not. He has been practicing in full this week, so that would seem to point to him getting his old starting job back. Robert Sala talks about that and if he might have a quick hook on Witherspoon. For the last, I think, three or four weeks, no, I can't, I can't tell. Everything's Groundhog's Day, but you know, we've had uh, a Thursday night game, then we had like ten days off, uh, or not ten days off, but then we had a Monday night game, and then you go through a walkthrough last week, and so we really haven't been able to put together a string of practices. Um, and so for Akello to have yesterday, today, uh, I got to go see the tape uh, tomorrow uh, to put in three great days of practice where it looks like he's knocking off the rust. He looks like he's got his feet under him, and he looks like uh, uh, he did before he got injured. Uh, that's Those are the decisions that uh, Coach is looking at, and I'm trying to help him out with too. So. I don't know if quick trigger is a word. Um, you never want to play that, that trick. Uh, if, if you make the decision, you roll with it. Now, obviously, if it gets out of hand, you have to help him somehow, but um, I've I got full faith that if Akello steps on the football field, he's going to do exactly what he did before he before he got hurt. Yeah, so that's why you don't screw around because you have a player playing really well in his place and you don't want to put him out there, yank him back off. You want to make sure he's ready and he is completely right. He has to show that first on the practice field and then you put him in the game and deploy him as usual so you don't have that worry. You don't have to make that decision to pull him out of the game. So hopefully Akello is back 100% playing like he was. The 49ers will be in great shape in the defensive backfield. Then Mosley can move around and plug in as needed, and you have an extra starting caliber player that you learned about. 
I think the next quote from Robert Sala is the most interesting thing he said in the press conference this week, and that was about the 49ers run game. And statistically, overall, when you look at their run game, not great, and, and teams are uh, you know, running at a pretty good average against the 49ers defense. But then when you think about context and you think about game situations, it might be even a lot better than statistically the 49ers run defense looks. And I loved how Robert Sala broke it down here. You know what? Sometimes, like, and I guess I'm looking from a biased uh, standpoint, but um, from a, an efficiency standpoint, and I know it's going to sound crazy, but uh, the run game is not as bad as it looks in terms of, um, I think, uh, McCaffrey in the second half in, a 40, in the blowout had a 40-yard run. Uh, Cleveland had a 40-yard run. Um, the backs the last two weeks have averaged less than four yards a carry. I think Carson had three eight a carry, but the quarterback scrambles for 20. He has a couple of runs. This young uh, kid uh, got, got out on a couple of quarterback runs, but for the most part, uh, we were able to keep the back in check. Um, so I, I look at more uh, true conventional run game, what's happening. Uh, our worst game by far was Thursday night. I think that, that kind of got away from us. But when you look at the raw numbers, the raw numbers aren't very good. But if you look at an efficiency standpoint and are we stopping the run when they're giving it to the running back and all that stuff, um, it's, I feel like it's not as off as it was in years past. But with what we are playing, um, uh, yeah, I guess you, you would say when, you're, when, you're, when you have leads and stuff and you're trying to go get the quarterback, a, a run could sneak out on you. As always, context is really important when you're looking at statistics and when you're trying to break down anything that's happening on a football field. There's so many moving parts. And I definitely noted this after the Bucks game, and I noted it after the Panthers game, is that those teams both, even though they were down multiple scores in the second half of the game, it was with Ronald Jones in week one, and it was obviously McCaffrey doing some work in the second half against the Panthers. The 49ers were up big. Not only are you not worried about those runs in the context of the game and, and trying to win, you're almost welcoming. It's like, look, you've got to throw to come back. You've got to come back quick. So if you want to drive down the field four yards at a time, be my guest because the clock's going to run out and we're going to go home with this victory. So I think that that's really important and some really great points there by Robert Sala and why the 49ers run defense might be a lot better. And they've been able to play run defense in a few different ways. One of the, th you know, because you have DJ Jones, who's who's been in and out of the lineup a little bit with some injuries, and he's your true, like, plugger, 315-pound, stout, true nose tackle. But then there's been times when he's out, and they have smaller guys in there, and they're slanting more and, and doing different things to try to stop the run. So there's different ways to do it, and Robert Sala's defense is set up, and if you play sound, you're going to be okay, and it's a bend-don't-break situation, even though it's, it's slightly different than it has been in years past, and they're doing a, a few more things up front and in the back end. But great points by Robert Sala there, and he really convinced me about that run defense, why it might be a little bit better than advertised when you look at the raw numbers. Speaking of statistics, there are some numbers I want to go over here, some DVOA stuff, some pro football focus statistics, and of course, the five keys to victory for the 49ers against the Packers Sunday. Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on during checkout. That's awaytravel.com slash locked on. Are you losing sleep at night over your unfiled tax returns or the large amount you owe the IRS or any other state tax agency? Does it feel like you're trapped? 
and that these tax problems will never go away? Are you worried the IRS will garnish your bank account or your wages? Do you want to be free and put these tax problems behind you? Greg's Tax Service is your local tax resolution specialist. Greg's Tax Service has been in the business for over 25 years and is passionate about helping their clients resolve their tax issues and to get them all the deductions and credits they're entitled to when preparing their tax returns. Call or text Greg's Tax Service at 925-778-4871 to set up an appointment to find out the best options available to free you from your tax problems. Again, that's 925-778-4871. Call or text to set up an appointment, and if you qualify, they can help you settle with the IRS for less than the full amount you owe. Remember, Greg's Tax Service for all your tax needs. Greg's Tax Service is your local tax advocate standing up and defending the rights of taxpayers. Find them online at gregstaxservice.com. Some numbers I want to look at really quickly here, because Wednesday... Peter Bukowski, the crossover guest from Locked On Packers, the host there, and they they think he was a little smug about the Packers, didn't give the 49ers credit, and anytime the crossover, the opposing crossover host picks against the 49ers, I hear about it on Twitter from a ton of fans, and this time, it seemed to get even more people than ever with Peter Bukowski, and so I do want to throw some numbers out there in, in, uh, and talk about some of the things because DVOA is a good one from Football Outsiders. And Peter referenced DVOA, so I think it's important to go back to that and, and check in on, on, on how things look. And look, the 49ers opponents, it's fair if you point to that because they've played who they played. And you can't you can't run from that fact. That is a fact. But you also can't play teams that you're not scheduled to play against. And the 49ers have straight up handled their business. Um, and to that point... The 49ers defense has faced only one quarterback in the top half of the league in DVOA this season, and that was Russell Wilson. He's fifth among quarterbacks in DVOA. A DVOA is a value over average statistic that is weighted that football outsiders comes up with. So it's weighted against, you know, the teams you're playing against, and it's an efficiency stat based on who you've played and how you rank there. Um, second best is Case Keenum at 18th. So, and Keenum's even ahead of Jared Goff and some other quarterbacks that the 49ers have played. So the 49ers have only played one guy above 18, and that was Russell Wilson, according to quarterbacks ranked by DVOA. And then obviously at the end of the season, the 49ers have Aaron Rodgers coming up, who is eighth, uh, Drew Brees, Lamar Jackson, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson one more time. All of those guys are in the top half of the league. So it's a, it's a tough gamut for the 49ers as far as quarterbacks go. On the Locked On NFL show, we had Mike Sando, a guest earlier on in the season, before the season even started, and he pulled GMs around the league. And, you know, obviously this isn't statistic or anything like that, but it's just pulling of GMs, and they ranked quarterbacks, and he put them into tiers. And the 49ers had one of the top three most difficult schedules in the NFL based on the quarterbacks they would have to play. And a lot of those quarterbacks here are coming in the last half of the season. So it's going to be a tough stretch for the 49ers defense. So that's fair to say that things are definitely getting more difficult and they were easier for the 49ers at the beginning. But that's not to say that the 49ers aren't up to the task because according to, again, that DVOA stat, the 49ers have the number two defense in the NFL, and that's what the Packers are going up against. So yeah, you've got the number eight quarterback by DVOA, but he's going to go up against the number two defense according to DVOA. So it's not as simple as saying, hey, the 49ers haven't played anybody. 
when you uh, put that efficiency stat up against the opponents they have played, it still ranks as the second best defense in the NFL. And that's really important. And even if you weight it further, going by weighted DVOA here, which represents an attempt to figure out how a team is playing right now as opposed to over a season by making recent games more important than earlier games. So weighted DVOA, which weights the 49ers' only loss of the season, and games more recent, and this is an overall team stat, not just offense or defense, the 49ers still rank above the Packers. They are fifth in weighted DVOA right now in the NFL. The Packers ranked ninth. So DVOA still likes the 49ers more than the Packers. And one more quick note statistically is Pro Football Focus's pass rush production metric, which measures a formula that combines sacks, hits, and hurries relative to how many times a player rushes the passer in a season. And despite the lack of sacks the last couple of weeks for Nick Bosa, he still ranks number one in the NFL. All players, not just rookies, not just defensive ends, pass rush productivity among players who have played at least 40% of their team's snaps. Nick Bosa ranks number one. He's got 49 total pressures, which are sacks, hits, and hurries out of 249 pass rushes. So his pass rush productivity is number one. Packers defensive end Zadarius Smith is four. D Ford comes in at number five on that list. Unfortunately, not going to be there for the 49ers, but luckily for the Niners, they have the guy who's ranked at number 20 or number 27. Yeah, as far as defensive ends go, but Eric Armstead is actually, you know, a hybrid interior and outside player. So if Eric Armstead's pass rush productivity of 7.6 If that metric was placed up against defensive tackles, which it could be argued he's more of a tackle than an end, he would be number five amongst defensive tackles. So the 49ers, even without D Ford, have some really good pass rushers and have number one in pass rush productivity in the NFL in Nick Bosa. But the Packers do as well the Smiths. Both of them are in the top 10. Zadarius Smith is fourth and Preston Smith is seventh. So uh, that's going to be fun. And uh, Joey Bosa in there tied for number seven. I bring up Joey Bosa, not just because he's Nick Bosa's brother, but because their playing styles are so similar. And Joey Bosa had his way against the Packers. That was by far the worst game the Packers played. The Chargers, who are not playing well this season, dominated the line of scrimmage in that game. And Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, both had really good games against the Packers offensive line. So that's something to note as well. Let's get into the keys to victory, shall we? The number five key to victory for the San Francisco 49ers to beat those Green Bay Packers Sunday night football is home field advantage. That's what is potentially at stake. So home field advantage, multiple angles here. Home field advantage in the playoffs and Levi's Stadium has been loud this year. A legit home field advantage. It has to remain that way Sunday night. There was a bit of a hangover with the team and the crowd, I think, a little bit versus the Cardinals last week. It took a big play midway through the second quarter for the team to come alive. And that has to start from opening kickoff this week. So if you're going to the game Sunday, get in your seats early, be loud. The odds makers have the 49ers favored by three, which means they think it's a toss-up at a neutral location. So make that home field an advantage at Levi's Stadium. A home field advantage Sunday could mean a home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs. Key to victory number four against the Packers, Akella Witherspoon. 
Spoon is expected, I think, to be back in the starting lineup at right cornerback if we're reading the tea leaves correctly. He needs to be in peak form versus the Packers. And Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers, sure to target him early when he jumps in there. You can't have that Joe Staley situation where maybe he's not 100% came back a little too soon, especially with the way Emmanuel Mosley has been playing in his absence. Have no problem with Akello getting his job back. I mean, but he just has to be 100%, so they have to be sure. If not, he needs to be a reserve for one more week. And if he doesn't have his legs, legs under him, I know Robert Sala said he doesn't want to yank him too quickly and be in that position, but maybe you make your determination, yeah, he's ready, and then you see, oh, gosh, you know what? Maybe he's not quite ready. Or maybe just today, maybe right now still, Emmanuel Mosley's better Put the better man in there for your football team. You need to have a quick hook if that is the case and get Mosley back in there because one mistake could mean six points and that could be the difference in this football game. Key to victory, number three for the 49ers over the Packers, George Kittle. And I feel a lot better about this when I had written this down early in the week. I knew it was going to be one of the top keys to victory. And it looks like George Kittle will play. And even if he's not all the way there physically, this is the exact opposite of the Akella Witherspoon situation. Having Kittle on the field, and to a lesser extent, Emmanuel Sanders. But having Kittle out there, even if you put, even if you took some tape and, and made Ross Dwelly's two until a five, you know, and, and made it say number 85 on his back, the threat of having George Kittle on the field will open things up for everybody else in the run game and the passing game. With 85 on the field, you can't play eight men in the box or he will torch you. And a healthy Kittle is not just a threat that opens the field up for everybody else. You know, him blocking guys off of your television screen, which is one of my favorite things to see when you see uh, him streak across when he's got his grasp on somebody and they leave the screen. I love that. George Kittle in the run game, I mean, that is going to be a welcome sight for the 49ers. He's such a difference maker, and I think we've seen he's maybe the most important player on offense, potentially even including quarterback there for the San Francisco 49ers. Key to victory number two, turnovers. But I mentioned a little bit earlier, I think penalties might come into this. This is like one of those good teams, do your job, Bill Belichick things, right? Turnovers and penalties. It was cute in week three versus Pittsburgh when the 49ers turned the ball over five times and still won. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers was quarterbacking the Steelers instead of Mason Rudolph, do the 49ers win that game? No. Uh, if Aaron Rodgers was quarterbacking the Carolina Panthers instead of Kyle Allen, would the 49ers have won that game? I think they would have. So that was the difference in those games is you dominated, you didn't turn the ball over a bunch of times, and you could still beat a team that's pretty good. You can't turn the ball over. Jimmy Garoppolo has thrown some maddening picks to underneath defenders this year, most of which have not hurt the 49ers. I mean, they've cruised to a 9-1 and record for a reason, right? So you take the good with the bad with Jimmy Garoppolo, but ideally you would have fewer turnovers. And maybe the fumbles versus Seattle hurt worse than any of the interceptions Jimmy Garoppolo has thrown this year, and he's thrown 10. If you want to be a championship-caliber team and beat good teams, not only in the regular season but in the playoffs, you have to win the turnover battle. They have been taking the ball away on defense, got to take care of the ball better on offense, and that starts with, I think, the quarterback. But on that same note, this is from Josh Dubow of Associated Press, and I love this statistic. Jimmy Garoppolo on the 10 drives for the 49ers following his 10 interceptions this season. Garoppolo's 32 for 35 on those following drives for 288 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and a passer rating of 120. So when Jimmy Garoppolo's teammates say, we believe in Jimmy, he does not get rattled, 
That is the statistic to back that up. Jimmy Garoppolo has been pretty nails even after he has turned the ball over, which is one of the reasons the 49ers are 9-1 right now. And key to victory, number one for the 49ers beating the Packers Sunday night. And this was on the list last week and has jumped to number one for week 12. Where did the run game go? Green Bay has a good secondary, has been among the better pass rushing teams in the league this year. Similar to the 49ers defense, the run defense has been their weakness. You can beat Green Bay on the ground. Green Bay has been worse against the run than the 49ers. Like They've been not good. Kittle is back. There's no excuses right now. The Niners need to get things going on the ground because you can't expect Jimmy Garoppolo to throw for 400-plus yards and four touchdowns again. Even though I believe in Jimmy Garoppolo and there's reasons to love Jimmy Garoppolo, and if forced to, Garoppolo's proven he can throw for points and throw for wins. And even in the 49ers' lone loss of the season where they weren't able to run the ball very well, he had the team in possession in position to tie the game in regulation he had the team in position to kick a game-winning field goal that was missed in overtime. But the ground game is where this team really dominated early in the season. They need to be able to get back to that, and I think they can in Week 12. So that's key to victory number one. I can't wait for Sunday night. It should be so much fun. 49ers, Packers from Levi's Stadium, and I'll be breaking it all down Monday right here, Locked on 49ers.